Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Because as, as you know, like one connection can change your life forever, whether it's personally, professionally. And so the more we can do to be intentional about who we meet, how we're interacting with them, the better our lives are going to be. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So my guest this week on The Shark Effect is Jared Kleinert. Now, Jared is a TEDx speaker. He's an award-winning author. And USA Today declared him the most connected millennial. He's been featured with articles on the Harvard Business Review, NPR, Time Magazine, Fox Business, and Fortune Magazine. Now, when I say this dude is connected... He is connected, and he's only 25. That's the biggest thing. He's only 25. He started his first business when he was 15 years old. But he has an an amazing story of how he started doing what he's doing. He's a connection artist. He's all about networking. And he's going to give us some tips and some pointers on why you should be networking and how to go about doing it. And it's not about being sleazy or wanting something, but it's authentic, creating relationships. And then later on down the road, how do you make those relationships a win-win for both parties? So I'm excited for you guys to have a listen. And uh, yeah, let's dive in. All right. Jared, my man, how you doing? 
I'm doing great. It's All my right. seventh Zoom call of the day. Probably oh, your, boy. your third podcast you're listening to. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for being a guest on The Shark Effect. Um, uh, won't you tell my my people, all my listeners, a little bit about yourself? Where are you from, my man? Yeah, I'm originally from South Florida, Boca Raton, Florida, if you know where that is. If not, it's about an hour north of Miami. I uh, moved to New York when I was 18, uh, ended up not going to college, uh, and so that's pretty contrarian, but you know, was fortunate enough to work for a couple of VC-backed tech companies in my teens as an unpaid intern and then became an early employee at a couple of companies, took a speaker-author-consultant turn for you know seven years or so, wrote a couple books, did some speaking. Um, now I'm going back in the tech world, have a, a tech startup I'm working on. I also run a company called Meeting of the Minds, which is a high-end uh, networking group for entrepreneurs. And yeah, I just am really passionate about all things networking, relationship building, because uh, as, as you know, like one connection can change your life forever, whether it's personally, professionally. And so the more we can do to be intentional about who we meet, how we're interacting with them, the better our lives are going to be. Love that. Yeah. Speaking on that, man, what was like, because you started doing some some things at a really early age, because right now, how old are you? How old are you, Jared? I'm 25 as 25. we're recording. <laughs> 25. So tell us a little bit, man, when you was a teenager, you did something that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I I have to admit that I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So you know, there, there's definitely a privilege in that. I think being born in the United States is privilege in and of itself. You know, we're, we're all pretty fortunate uh, if you're listening from you know, the U.S. or Europe or, I mean, just the fact that you're listening and we're alive. We're, we're pretty fortunate. Um, I guess that's table stakes for this conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to build my own business. I saw a lot of family members that had achieved success in business. Some uh, like my parents who struggled or ultimately failed with their companies and had to go take normal jobs and you know, had more normal lives, quote unquote. Uh, and so I, I started my per- first business at 15. Uh, Failed miserably, but I, I learned from my mistakes. Uh, I would say the biggest mistake I made was poor mentor selection. And so mm-hmm. I think it was smart to go find other people to learn from and try and model after. I think I made the, the wrong choice <laughs> when I started. And so my first uh, mentor in business, I later found out about six months after hanging out with him that he had spent time in prison for a securities fraud on Wall Street. And that's not the type of person I wanted to associate with long-term. And not only was there uh, bad, you know, low integrity with this individual, he didn't really have the subject matter expertise that I was looking to adopt. You know, I was building an ed tech company, you know, cross-section of education and like startup technology. And this guy didn't know anything about education or technology or startups. So what was I doing hanging out with him? And that, was my, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And I was really grateful for that experience because I realized at a very young age, you know, 15, 16, that if I wanted to ultimately succeed in business uh, and, and in life to some extent, I needed to surround myself with high integrity individuals first and foremost, but then also people that were real subject matter experts at what they're telling you about and what they're doing. And so a few months later, 
I was reading an article in Forbes about the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley. This guy, David Hassel, serial entrepreneur, well-respected by the entrepreneurial community. And this article was specifically talking about dinner parties he hosted where Tim Ferriss would show up and Warren Buffett's pilot would show up and pro soccer players would attend. PayPal co-founders attended. So this guy obviously knew a lot of people. They, they liked him and respected him. He was successful in business. And so I just reached out, sent him a cold email, uh, ended up working for him for free uh, for his company, which was 15.5, and you know, joined as one of the first 10 employees on payroll eventually. Uh, I've since left the company when I was 18. So I spent two years there from 16 to 18, really formative years. And you know, now they're 200 plus employees growing like crazy, lots of funding from venture capitalists. Um, so that was a really formative experience. And it taught me the difference that positive mentorship and, and true subject matter expertise could make in your life. And so nowadays, you know, whether it's peer mentors and, and friends that are like one step ahead of me or one step behind me, but we could talk about things on a day-to-day basis, or it's you know, more established mentors that I talk to once a quarter. Um, I really just try and surround myself with the best people possible, both in terms of integrity and in terms of subject matter expertise. And that's something, man, that's, that's something really important because we can learn something from, from anybody, you know, if they, if they know the subject matter that we're looking to kind of glean from them, we can learn from anybody. But I think, you know, when you start to look at somebody's character first or their integrity, that that's that's first and foremost because i'm sure this this you know this individual who uh you know sought to mentor you probably had a slick tongue did he have a slick tongue jared yeah a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i mean he he knew how to you know the right words to to kind of um use to entice a young impressionable person right Actually, now that I come to think about it, and I'll, I'll tell you this offline, I, d- I don't want to record this, but there was a you. former NFL player that he also had a relationship with who I started hanging out with a few times. Uh, also a, a very nice guy, but I don't, I, if I would venture to say, I believe those two don't have a relationship anymore, probably mm-hmm. because of the same type of slick talking that you're discussing. Um, <laughs> yeah. You may actually know the individual, so I'm curious to tell you about that. Okay, yeah, yeah um, we talk offline. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely think that there's indicators of, of social proof, um, and that's a concept I talk a lot about. Uh, and so you, you ultimately have to build relationships for yourself, you know, have your own assessment of if you get along with someone, if you believe them to be high integrity, and if you believe what they're saying. Um, but there are things that can help you along the way. And so, for example, if you're looking at entrepreneurs and they've been featured in major media outlets, they've uh, had clients that are really reputable, um, they have maybe case studies to show the work that they've done and sort of the specific outcomes they've gotten for clients, you can start seeing that you can trust them, at least from an initial screening perspective. Like someone goes to your website, they see all the you know organizations you've spoken for, they see your track record, they see people giving you testimonials, both written and video. Uh, they can see the press that you've been featured in. There's some social proof there. You're you're not a nobody. You're you're someone that other people have decided to attach their names, their brands, um, 
their businesses too. And that counts for something, you know, ultimately then people have to like reach out to you and decide if they want to hire you or work with you and, and see if it's a good fit. But I think that's a great way to start building your brand and building your reputation. Uh, you know, for me, like it helps that I've done a TED talk and like the TED organization has decided to attach their brand to me in whatever way. Um, or, you know, I'm careful to say I'm an award-winning author instead of a best-selling author because you could be an Amazon best-selling author and sell like five books in, in a weird category in an hour. Um, but those sort of things I, I think do make a difference in terms of at least understanding if someone is trustworthy or not. Um, if you're trying to be mindful of your time and you know, looking into the vast ocean of the internet and trying to find great mentors and peers, people to yeah. work with. So being intentional is what I'm hearing from you. Being intentional That's the biggest about thing. How, like, yeah, yeah. If, if you get nothing else from this conversation, it's intentionality. Um, yeah. Yeah. So was that, I mean, I think that was probably like a, a blessing for you. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might be talking out of turn, but in terms of you at an early age, getting that, um, you know, with that, with that individual that didn't have, you know, the integrity was, was pretty low. Was that, was that a crossroads for you that kind of helped you see like the bigger picture? Absolutely. And I, I don't know exactly why I was attracted to a more positive outcome as opposed to a negative outcome, because, you know, there's probably moments like this in life where you have those crossroads. Like I had a, an abusive stepdad at one point. And so how, how did I decide to not model that behavior and to instead be more loving and positive and mindful about my relationship with my wife and my, you know, the, the various women in my life who I work with or my mom and, and et cetera. Like that's a crossroads, right? Like, do you model bad behavior or do you, try something different. Uh, and you know, I've been fortunate to like try the more positive route in each of those crossroads. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if, if you're coming across a similar situation where you've had a bad experience with a mentor personally, professionally, just, you know, learn from it. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but uh, I'm a big believer in experimentation as part of that uh, being intentional. And so if you've had a bad experience, maybe experiment with reaching out to two or three people that seem to be more positive and you don't have to spend the next year like doing everything they tell you to but you could take a coffee meeting or you know take some of their advice and put it into the real world um if you don't like your job you can experiment and go you know interview elsewhere like no one's gonna put a gun to your head and like keep you at that firm mm -hmm. uh you know i guess maybe it's different if you're like contractually obligated as an athlete like when you were in the nfl but I'm sure there's ways that your agent could have experimented and like, you know, seen if other teams are interested in having you if you wanted to get traded or moved from your, your team if you weren't happy there. Uh, you know, there's very few decisions we can make that are completely like irrevocable and um, irreversible. And so, hmm. especially now with like the institutions of the world crumbling around us and you know everything right. being put into question like just keep experimenting like no one cares what you do ultimately <laughs> and so just go for it gotcha gotcha so what do you need to do to i mean get connected because like what you were saying you end up you know doing that internship that non non-paid internship for a year and you got to start to kind of see things 
especially at such a young age, you start to see things, you know, meet different people in different areas. Um, how do you how do you do that? How do you come across to these different individuals that you see them, you see what they've been doing, you see some of this, some of the success? How do you go about um, reaching out and starting, you know, a dialogue or, or even a relationship? How I did it um, and how I would advise is first connecting with yourself and understanding what is your zone of genius. So where are your passions, skills, and opportunities all intersecting? Uh, then it's sort of creating a vision for your at least next three years, maybe not for your entire life, but like where do you want to be in three years from now, career-wise, financially, with your family, etc. Um, and then it's putting a, a relationship action plan in place to meet the people that will allow you to achieve your goals. Uh, and so zone of genius part, uh, you can think of it as a Venn diagram. And, you know, in the first bubble, just list out all the things you're passionate about. Second bubble, list out what you're skilled at. Uh, and if we're talking about a professional setting, you can use tools like the Colby A index, which is K-O-L-B-E, uh, Colby A index, which is, I think, $50. There's a book called Strengths Finders 2.0, $20. And they can give you a skills assessment. So you can start thinking about marketable skills you have. Um, mm -hmm. You can also ask your mentors and peers, uh, family even, for their interpretation of what you're really good at and where you're lacking or you know, any constructive loving criticism they have, mm -hmm. um, weaknesses. Uh, and then you could think about you know, what problems are in your community that you or someone could solve? What are some challenges in your industry that might be opportunities for the right person? Um, we're recording this in like early March. And if you're following like tech trends, like everyone's talking about NFTs and like the crypto industry. So maybe it's ultimately not something you're going to work on, but you could put that as something in your opportunities. Like that is a hot space right now. And so ultimately you'll come across like, what's the intersection of all those things? You know, are you passionate about sports, but you're also super talented with math and analytics. And then there's uh, a job opening, you know, with, uh, an MBA team for like advanced analytics. Great. You know, that could be the place that you apply your zone of genius. Uh, so that's, that's just a way of thinking about, you know, what you bring to the table. Then you have to think about where you want to apply that. And so that's where your vivid vision exercise comes in. Basically take an hour to journal where you want to be in life in three years from now, again, and, you know, personally, professionally, faith-based, et cetera. Um, then when we talk about a relationship action plan, you know, we're starting to transition from connecting with yourself to connecting with other people and thinking about if I have these goals, if I have these strengths, what type of people can I meet in order to accomplish those goals? And so that's where in my teens and even today, I was thinking these are the type of companies I'd want to work at, you know, for the new company I'm starting, these are the type of investors I'd want. Uh, and those, you could start sort of uh, creating a game plan around how to meet those type of people. And so that's where the relationship action plan tool comes into play, you know, to make it as simple as possible. It's create two or three goals like that, try and define them as, you know, intelligently as possible. And then you can think about, you know, what actions do I need to take to meet those people? 
you know, events I need to go to? Do I need to send certain emails out to people? Do I need to, you know, read certain news outlets? Do I need to organize events in person or online? Um, Do you use social media also? Like when you, when you kind of create an action plan or is it like email uh, event first or email and then social media reach out LinkedIn? I'm guessing. They're all tools you can use. Uh, I, I try and be tool agnostic so that you, know, you can do this wherever you're at in your career and, or life. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you could certainly, you know, send a cold email. You can ask for an introduction from someone in your network. You can post on social media. You know, there's there's lots of ways to actually sort of offer that value to your target relationships. But the whole, the whole the goal of the relationship way? action plan um, What's the best way? Is it yeah? Is it you know going to an event? And I know it's 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 difficult now because of COVID. But is it like something like going to an event or maybe an an introduction from somebody who you know quite well that they might know somebody that you want to get connected to? Yeah, the the best way is definitely a, a warm introduction from someone that you know knows you trusts you and then also knows and is trusted by the person you're trying to reach out to um, that, you know, but we may not have access to that right away. And so mm-hmm. that's where you know, doing all the connecting with yourself that comes first. If we start talking about connecting with other people, what I had to do early in my career was what I call the snowball strategy. I basically had to reach out to one super connector, you know, this guy, David, that I read about, build a, a meaningful and deep relationship with him, offer him a lot of value, which is why I worked for free up for a year. Uh, and then because of that initial relationship, that turned into warm introductions to his network, to advisors of his company. And it just, you know, that first snowball down the hill became an avalanche of, you know, connections and opportunities. And so that's why I call it the snowball strategy. But you know, that's, if, if I were starting from zero, that's how I would approach it. You know, I would try and you know, be so valuable and so important to the right super connector. Uh, and you, you know, you, you define right as like what your goals are and um, what your zone of genius is, things like that. Uh, and then I would start asking that person for warm introductions to other people who are like-minded. If they invite me to events, I'll go to those events, even if I have to travel across the country. Uh, if they tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, and then over time, you know, you, you build a bigger network and you can get more warm intros and it becomes easier and easier. You can build social proof because you start getting featured in press for your accomplishments or you get speaking opportunities or you know, there, there's a million ways to build social proof. Mm-hmm. And then at some point it becomes, you know, so abundant uh, where you have too many people in your network and then you have to think about how do you, you know, do a podcast. You could reach thousands of people all at once, or you do an email newsletter or you start hosting the events. You can invite hundreds of people in person or virtually to hang out with each other um, or you start an online community so that people can interact even if you're not there. So that's the advanced stuff. But if I were starting mm-hmm. from scratch, I'd you know build a relationship with the first super connector, have that snowball into the rest of an amazing network and then uh, and then start you know leveraging those you know increasingly abundant relationships for any you know door opening I need or any opportunities I'm looking for. Man, that's man. That's so. Number one, that's so mature from somebody who, at the time, you were what 20, 20, 19, 20? Oh no, he was even younger. 
well, when you started I mean, that is, relationship. Yeah, this has been on a, a ten-year journey. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, you know, of, of being able to define this, of course, but yeah, the cold emails were. I mean, even now I'm sending cold emails to people that I want to meet, but it, it was you know 16, 18. Um, There's definitely some some milestones along the way. That's so cool, man. Because not a whole bunch of people, especially you know younger individuals, like everything they want to be microwaved. Everything has got to happen right now. And for you to say that, you know, that internship for a year, and it sounded like you had a vision of what you want to, you know, what you wanted to do. And that's that, I mean, that, that goes a long way. It's like that equity that you're talking about. Yeah, at least I, I had a vision maybe for like the next few years, which is why I say like do a three-year timeline because the world is changing like like crazy and maybe 10 years from now it'll be an 18 month plan because the world is going so fast um but i think three years is a good timeline where it's it's far enough where you can accomplish quite a lot but you know the world's not going to change that drastically in three years um who knows but <laughs> that's that was the thought process and and yes i mean ideally you want these things to happen fast and and as you become more skillful at networking and relationship building you can apply this to new industries that you want to break into new communities so i live in atlanta today and i applied a lot of these strategies when i first moved to the area from new york uh i was looking for you know some super connectors in town and i built friendships with them and then they were able to introduce me to other you know key people in town uh and ultimately that was more for personal benefit and friendships than it was for for work but i approached it the same way i approached my career you know when i was a teenager mm, and so yeah. it, you can definitely use this to accelerate your networking um and it could you know you can get results in months or uh years as opposed to a decade but if you're starting from scratch you know again that's that's how i'd approach it mm, i love that Tell me a little bit about the millennials now. Like, what is, what do they want? What's the, what's, I mean, cause they're all, you know, you start to see that and, and hear it. Number one, can you define it? What's a millennial? And then what do they want? Millennials are probably these days, people who are 22, 23 years old to 40 years old. And so, uh, what do millennials want? That's the that's the golden question. Um, I don't know. For me, it's it's at a very personal level, and so what I think we benefit from as a generation is that never before have we had the ability to solve problems and truly you know change the world. Um, we're the first generation coming up with access to each other through social media, unlike ever before, and so. Everything from Malala leading social change a few years ago uh, and benefiting uh, young girls who are trying to get educated in, in other countries to uh, the like recent Wall Street bets movement. <laughs> you know, that's all. This is the first time we're experiencing that at this scale. I mean, certainly there's been other movements and uprisings and collectives of people over history, but we've never been able to do it this quickly and have young people have a voice of leadership and, you know, be able to positively impact others, you know, at this scale. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's social media technology. Um, it's also happening where 
you know, institutions are both uh, crumbling around us and you know, there's, there's an increasing lack of trust in every major institution. Um, and I also think that we all have power that only governments, corporations, and the wealthiest people had you know, two generations ago, like 50 years, uh, or you know, in the 1940s and 50s, it took three governments, uh, tens of thousands of people, and you know, tens of billions of dollars to create the first atomic bombs. And yet, there was someone who contributed to my first book who built a small nuclear reactor in its garage for five thousand dollars, seventeen. And so that's wow. insane, right? Yeah. Uh, or if you think wow. about, you know, if, if you think about, um, again, like the stock market and like the whole retail trader movement, that just wasn't possible even two years ago um, because there wasn't the decentralization of trading and like the no commissions uh, structures and all that. So it, like the, the rules are changing, you know, like imagine playing football and like, you just have a, com a, a completely different rule book now than 20, 30 years ago. I mean, I know yeah, some, of the, is, rules almost, are, well, some of the rules are changing over time, but it's not yeah. like a totally different game, right? Gotcha. Yeah. I, I think it's a completely different game now. And it, that's true for Gen Z. It's going to be true for the next generation. So I don't know if millennials are special necessarily. I do think we were probably the first generation that had this potential to uh, have impact and, and, change the world as fast as we've been able to. And I think Gen Z is doing that at a, an even greater pace. And, you know, who knows what the next generation will bring. Mm. Tell us about your books. Yeah. You got, so you got a couple. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm sharing that perspective uh, after studying hundreds of the world's top performing millennials. Uh, and so I've written two books. Uh, one was called 2 billion under 20. Uh, how Millennials Are Breaking Down Age Barriers and Changing the World. Uh, and that was with a traditional publisher in New York. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do a, a TED Talk based on that. Um, and you know, then I did another book that I self-published called Three Billion Under 30. And so across those books, we had 150 contributors and they were uh, com company founders of WordPress and Duolingo, you know, these like companies that are have millions or hundreds of millions of users um, you had people like Jake Paul, you know, social media influencers, you had uh, an MBA agent, you had some other actors and nonprofit founders. And so I was just, you know, trying to study how these people have had exponential success in a short amount of time, because all the contributors to the books are, you know, when they were writing, they were in their teens, 20s, early 30s, you know, they're all still 36 and under, because um, the books haven't been out that long. Mm -hmm. And so, just to see how they've been able to achieve so much in such a short amount of time, relatively speaking, is fascinating. Uh, and so that was also a great networking tool, right? Like with the advanced stuff we were talking about, you know, when I was a teenager, I, I didn't know anyone. And then I was able to start doing projects where I had an excuse to reach out to people and build relationships. Um, just like the podcast is a great excuse or an opportunity for you to meet people and build relationships. Um, you know, I would Absolutely. advise you thinking about, you know, your own podcast or a book project or, you know, something where you can meet people you want to meet uh, and, you know, give them value in the process. Um, but the books were an awesome you know, research journey for me and a great networking experience. Uh, I'm about to come out with my third book, uh, which is called How to Build a World-Class Network in Record Time. And that book is the 
you know, lessons learned over a decade of networking and relationship building, my own experiences, some of which I've started sharing with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, also things I've learned from mentors along the way. You know, we talked about my first uh, boss um, who was called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley. Um, I also had an opportunity to work with Keith Ferrazzi who wrote the book, Never Eat Alone, um, which is like the book on networking and relationship building. Um, you know, he was my first client of a marketing consulting firm I had, met him on a cold email as well and did some free work for him as well. So you could see some trends mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I, I share some, some things I learned from him and, and other mentors along the way, you know, look at some uh, cultural phenomenons and examples of, of people networking and, and helping each other. And that's what the, the new book talks about. So it's very, very practical, very much a how-to book. Uh, whereas the other books were anthologies and other people's stories. This one, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sharing my story, if you will, but really making it more of a playbook uh, for other people. Gotcha. So are you a big fan of masterminds? And do you have your own? I think you, I, <laughs> you're I know throwing the answers, softballs. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if we talk about advanced networking strategies, uh, mastermind groups are where these super connectors go to meet other super connectors. And so I'm biased. Uh, I run a mastermind group called Meeting of the Minds. Uh, you, you can check it out at motm.co. Um, the book, by the way, is motm.co slash books um, if you want to pre-order it. And, you know, these mastermind groups are where I've found some of the most successful entrepreneurs to actually spend their time and money. Uh, Because, you know, as you build your network, uh, more and more people want your time. Uh, More people uh, are trying to leverage your social proof and are trying to, you know, get you to do favors for them. And so, where if you're being intentional about meeting even more great people, where can you go? Uh, where in, in a span of a weekend or in a few hours, you can meet other super connectors. You know, that's where a mastermind group comes into play. And so you know, meeting in the minds, we serve entrepreneurs generally running anywhere from a $500,000 a year business to a $5 million a year business, all bootstrapped founders. So people that don't have any outside investors, um, they're just looking to grow their business and, be profitable and help people um, have a great lifestyle. And I think it's really powerful when they can join a community, be vulnerable with each other and, and help each other continue to achieve success. And so that's a lot of fun. It's, it's a dream business to run. Like I, I pay money to go to other mastermind groups. And so to be able to have my own and, and be paid is, is pretty fun. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's that's dope. And I'm going to have I mean, I'm going to have all this all the information in my show notes so people can be able to just click in and, and go. Um, so for like a young person who's maybe just finishing up with college, they're, they're still trying to figure out where they want to what they want to do in life. Um, what is what are some things or some advice that you can be able to give someone, you know, whether they played sports or if they didn't, but they're just finishing up their, you know, like I said, 23, 24 years old and they're trying to kind of like, okay, I think I want to go this route. I'm not quite sure, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wing it. What type of advice do you, can you give them? Yeah. I'll, we can go back to the idea of experimentation. And so if you're not sure what you want to do yet, 
maybe approach it like like a science experiment and say, I'm going to spend the next three months trying to find uh, a job in this industry with these type of companies and then do everything you can in those three months to land that job. Uh, and if it doesn't work, then maybe you try another experiment and you go after a different industry or a different type of company, or maybe you just change your approach. Instead of sending cold emails, maybe you uh, ask people in your network for warm introductions, or you attend more events, or you, um, you know, try and offer value in some sort of way uh, and do sort of pro bono work or you know, otherwise get noticed. And so I think that sort of experimental mindset is really important for finding a great job, for building a, a side hustle, uh, if you're thinking of starting a business, you know, rather than spending years and, and lots of money, uh, think about how can you test your business idea in a quick and cheap way. And if it works, then you double down. Uh, and if it doesn't work, then you see, you, know, you start thinking about why didn't it work? And should you run the experiment again or try a new experiment? Um, yeah, you can do that with other, you can do that with hobbies in your life too. Like if yeah. you see someone's, you know, loves, uh, some sort of hobby and you're like why is everyone like doing sourdough bread making you know try it for yourself like take take a night to like try baking and if you like it then keep doing it if you don't like it then don't do it again that's it that's it i think man you know just listening to you and you know you're giving some some great advice and it's something that um man i wish i would have kind of started to have an idea like that when I finished playing. So I was 32 and I didn't know who I was or, you know, what, you know, what I was going to do, what I liked and what I didn't like. And I think, you know, you started off with um, right off the bat, it's like understanding who you are, like understanding like exactly who you are. And for some of us, it takes longer, but, you know, with you saying that, before you even start to go out and start to build relationships and start to network, understanding exactly who you are. And then that, you know, and experimentation, I think is, is I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. And I'm thinking in my life, and I was like, yeah, I experimented first. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I started, I remember one time I, you know, I, I thought I wanted to do some marketing stuff. So I got linked up with, you know, this, this group and, you know, with doing, um, door to or business to business sales <laughs> and I was like what the hell am I doing man I'm in a suit and I'm walking around knocking on businesses and they're slamming the door on me telling me no solicitation and <laughs> but uh yeah man it's very interesting man I mean I would, again I wouldn't be too hard on yourself like some of this is an evolution uh, oh, yeah. and you didn't have access to the same communication tools that we have or you know, the same opportunities um there is an NFL player. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar with him or a friend of his, but Joshua Martin, um, who plays for the Jets. Last time I checked, mm -hmm. um, I've met him a couple times, but he's an awesome example of someone that has been experimenting while still in his playing career, and so Love he has that. done an internship with Gary Vaynerchuk and like has done some work trying to figure out that side of the business. I. I believe he's also worked with some like VC companies and trying to figure out the investment side of things. Uh, now that I'm pulling up his LinkedIn, I probably haven't seen him in like a year, but he, uh, he, he Ivy league educated. And so 
I don't know how heavily recruited he was, but he decided to go to Columbia University uh, and get that experience, which then has led into you know, all these other opportunities for him. And so he's been very strategic about using his platform as a player to Being intentional, right? Yeah. Intentional. He's, he's a great example um, of Love someone that. that's using his platform to make a, a social impact, but also he's thinking about his life after his career. And he's, you know, he's still playing in the NFL um, right now, but he's been trying all these experiments, you know, what's it like to work in this marketing agency world? What's it like to, um, be with VCs and invest in startups. I believe he has his own podcast. What's it like to you know do that and, and create your own media? I think that's awesome. And so I think you'll see more of that moving forward, not mm-hmm. just in, in the NFL, but really in any industry, because why not? <laughs> there's, there's no reason not to do that. I think it's very smart. Absolutely. Um, so jo- Joshua Martin is his Joshua Martin. Okay. Out. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to check that out. Uh, so you have any summits coming up? Anything that I can, you know, I can be able to to check out and see if that if I would be a good fit. Yeah. So pre-pandemic, we hosted quarterly in-person summits, uh, get everyone together, you know, probably like a group of 20 to 40 people. So very intimate, um, high touch, uh, very you know heavily curated uh, and pulling a diverse group of entrepreneurs together, people from all different backgrounds, ages, uh, types of businesses. And that was our game plan pre-pandemic. We're starting to return to in-person summits. So we have one in Atlanta, um, was it May 28th to the 30th? Then we're doing uh, upstate New York, uh, like a couple hours outside of New York City in August. Uh, I believe it's August 20th to the 22nd. So we're gonna start doing those quarterly again. Uh, and then we've also added these monthly online experiences that we call deep dives. And so those are a little more content forward. Uh, we'll talk about marketing and business development for your business. We'll talk about thought leadership uh, and building a, a you know a podcast or email list or books or speaking. So that's you know another example of a deep dive we'll do. Um, we have a deep dive in April coming up on, business operations and time management and all the systems stuff. Um, so we do those every month. And so, you know, MOTM.co has, has all the information there on summits, deep dives. Um, you can also just reach out to me anytime. Um, you know, Jared Kleiner at gmail.com. So say hello and yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you with us. That's great, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, how can my people, man, how can they get more of you? Reach out, say hi. Reach out, say hi. You can also, you know, check out the the book if if that, you know want a low cost way to uh, learn as much as I can possibly share. <laughs> you know, as Alex knows, books are really hard to write and take a lot of a lot of thought. And so, I think yeah. books are like one of the best investments because you're getting you know years or even decades of someone's life experience and then two or three years of dedicated research and synthesizing their ideas. So if you want the best summary of everything I know about networking and relationship building, then you can go to MOTM.co slash books um, or just reach out, you know, say hi, Jared Kleiner at gmail.com. I do have free resources as well um, on an email newsletter that we have. Uh, oh, yeah. I interviewed Alex for that newsletter uh, a few weeks ago. So that, that was fun. fun. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. 
I'm pretty accessible. So just reach out, say hi. Would love to meet you. Well, cool. Man, what Jared, hey, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time, um, your expertise, you know, kind of opening up and telling us a little bit about your journey. Um, any closing thoughts? Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate this. Um, definitely that you know, word intentionality is really important. So I think this whole conversation was about being mindful of where you want to go in life, what types of people you need to surround yourself with in order to get there as fast as possible. And not just thinking about what you're going to ask for or what you need, but how you can actually offer value to those people so that they want to hang out with you more and give you opportunities. Um, so be intentional about the people you meet, how you interact with them, where you're going. Uh, if you don't know where you want to go in life, then experiment and you know, try a bunch of stuff out. Like no one's going to track your everyday movement. And so it only matters that you get it right, you know, in a, in a big way um, and figure out the the important things. It doesn't matter how messy the, the process is to actually get there. Love in my that. humble experience, I mean, and, and my opinion, you know, other people may disagree, but this is all my opinion. So there you go. No, I appreciate that, man. Hey, well, thank you for being a guest on the Shark Effect. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever. If you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.